In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we offer this Mass for all of our intentions, all of our loved ones. We ask that you pray for all of the sick and suffering, and all of our loved ones who have passed away. We offer this Mass for them as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The weeds and the wheat. And what Jesus is pointing at here, he's pointing towards a specific weed that's actually called darna. And this weed, what's interesting about it is it looks exactly the same as wheat. And you can't tell this weed from the wheat apart until it's fully grown. Until it's time to harvest the wheat and to take the wheat out. And I think that this is important for us to understand because Jesus tells them why the, the sower does not get rid of the weeds right away. You know, the servants say, well, why don't, do you want us to go and get the weeds out of the ground? And he says, no, not right now, because if you go and take the weeds out, you might take some of the wheat that's there as well. Because it looked very similar until the time came for both to be pulled out. Now, when I was praying with this, what was coming to mind is that in our world, a lot of people look Catholic. A lot of people proclaim themselves as Catholic or say they believe in Jesus. But just because we say we believe in Jesus and just because we say we're Catholic or we might send our kids to Catholic schools or we come to Mass, it doesn't always mean that I'm actually Catholic, that I actually believe in Jesus. And we won't know really who's real from who's fake until the end. Until the end comes where Jesus reveals to us who we really are and where we receive what we've chosen in this life. Now, notice my words. I didn't say we receive what we deserve. Because that's not what God does. God doesn't just give us what we deserve. God gives us what we've chosen. In this life, we have many different decisions we can make and many different choices we can make. And at the end of our life, when we die and when we come face to face with God, it's not that we get what we deserve. We get what we've chosen for our entire life and what we've chosen becomes eternal. What we've chosen in this life becomes what we choose for the rest of our lives. Now I love how St. Paul writes to the people and he says that we have to be bold when we preach the word of God. We have to be bold when we preach the word of God. And what I think is so important in that is what's going to separate the real Catholics from the half-Catholics and even the fake Catholics is this notion of fear. This notion of not being afraid. Not just not being afraid to preach the truth, but not being afraid to live the truth. To live it. You know, so many people are ready to die for Christ. Of course! Of course I would die for Jesus. And I remember this was happening, you know, when ISIS was coming into Iraq and coming into the villages and so many people were, you know, fronting up to them, right? Like, oh yeah, if I was in Iraq, I would die. I would kill them myself, right? Or I would die for my faith. 
Well, before you can die, you need to live. Before I can die for God, before I can die for my faith, I need to live for my faith. That is the truth. And I need to be bold when I'm living my faith. You know, I was talking to a mom this week. And she has four kids and her oldest is 13. And she was telling me how she doesn't um, allow her kids to have phones, right? Her kids do not have phones. They don't have screens, like literally nothing. And she thinks, she's told me, she goes, you know, people think that this is extreme, that this is radical, that this is too much, that, you know, my son is 13 years old and, and he doesn't even have a phone. And I said to her, but we have to be extreme. We have to be radical. Because today, sin is extreme. Today, the world is extreme. And so for, in order for me to be Catholic, in order for me to love God, my love for God, my belief in God has to be extreme. It has to be radical. It has to be different than everything else in the world. And so what separates us is not being afraid, especially to preach the word of God. You know, many of you probably already heard that Father Brian was yelled at in his homily this morning. <laughs> Maybe you came to Mother of God to see if they would yell again. <laughs> and I think whenever we preach the truth, right, we're going to receive opposition. Because today... The people who are against the church and the people who are against the truth, it's no longer just silent. It's out in the open. It's loud. It's in your face, right? And so if they're going to be so loud, then why are we going to be quiet? Jesus says in the gospel that the weeds were sown when the people were sleeping. It's not about us you know, being louder than people. It's not about us throwing our faith in people's faces. But it's about loving God in such a big way that my love for Him speaks. My love for Him is so loud that when I do preach God and when I preach the truth, my preaching is backed up by my love. You know, St. Paul says that God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. That means God did not make us cowards. God has given us the spirit of power, of love, of self-control. This is the spirit God has given us. And so right now what's happening in our world is really crazy, right? And people don't want us to talk. People want us to shut up. People want us to be silent because the church shouldn't be speaking. You know, the church shouldn't meddle with politics. It's not politics. This is our faith. And so I just want to show you what's really happening with what's going on in our world, right? This whole proposal three. And you're going to get sick of us talking about it, but it's good because we need to know the truth and we need to know who we are and what we stand for, what we believe in. Just want to give you an example of what's going to happen if this proposal uh, becomes turned and, and it becomes legal, and if abortion is legal. So abortion will be legalized at any time during pregnancy for any reason. That means that a mother, as she's pushing the baby out, could decide that she doesn't want to have that child anymore. At any time. 
even beyond birth. One. Two, it allows abortions to be performed by anyone, even those without a medical license. And an abortion can happen anywhere, not even in an abortion facility. It allows any person to help minors to obtain abortions without their parents knowing. It protects abortion providers from penalties for killing a woman during an abortion or injuring a woman during an abortion. And it requires taxpayers, us, to pay for abortions. So ultimately what's happening with this proposal is abortion will be legal for anyone, at any time, anywhere. That's what's happening. Now, I find this really interesting because if you didn't know this, a minor, someone who is not an adult, is not allowed to get a tattoo or a body piercing without their parents' consent. But now with this proposal, someone, a minor, can go and get an abortion without their parents' consent. And what this will turn into is because abortions can be allowed anywhere by anyone, it means that even in our kids' schools, they can change rooms into abortion clinics where they can go from their study hall and just go get an abortion. This is scary stuff. And this is what we need to stand up for. Some people might say, well, why, why is the church speaking? The church is all men. These men know nothing about pregnancy. Trust me, we know a lot about women. All of your wives come to us with all of their problems, okay? <laughs> If anyone loves women, it's the church. Look at how many... This church is named after a woman, the mother of God. How many churches are named after women? If anyone loves women, it's the church. What do abortion facilities provide? They don't provide counseling. They don't provide clothing. They don't provide money. They provide a place where you can tear a baby limb from limb out of your body. That's what an abortion clinic provides. What does the church provide? We have organizations that take women in. There's organizations called Mary's Mantle or Rachel's Vineyards. And these organizations literally take women and they take them into their own homes. They clothe them. They feed them. They give them a place to stay. And they even allow them to hide their pregnancy from people so that they don't have to get an abortion. What abortion clinic does that? What liberal organization does that? Tell me. There's even organizations in the church. There's a great organization in Detroit. It's called the Image of God Pregnancy Center. It provides counseling for women. And it even gives them clothing and formula and food for their children. And this is what the church is doing. And this is what the church has always done. Because the church is for women. The church loves women. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my mom was pregnant with my sister. She became pregnant with my sister. And she was about 38 or 39. So she was a little older. And I'll never forget, we were sitting in the kitchen. And we were just sitting as a family. And we get a phone call. And it's from my mom's doctor. And she picks up the phone call. And the doctor tells my mom that my sister will not be a healthy baby and that she will have Down syndrome and she will have many complications. 
I'll never forget my, when my mom got off the phone, she was just crying, right? Because that's very difficult to hear when you're pregnant. Everybody wants a healthy baby. Everyone wants a perfect baby, right? And we don't want anything wrong. So I just remember her just bawling at the table. So my mom went into her checkups um, with the doctors. They were encouraging her to get an abortion. They were offering that to her. You know, you might not want this child. They were telling her, you know, it's, there's going to be many complications. And, and we really advise that you would abort the baby. My mom didn't choose that. Instead, she got on her knees and she prayed for her child. And she had the whole family praying for this little baby. When my sister was born, she came out completely healthy and nothing was wrong. And that was a child that could have been aborted, a child's life that could have been murdered. But instead, my sister, I'm 10 years older than her, she changed our entire family. When she was born, our entire family changed. Everything was different when she came into our lives because we were three boys and she was the only girl. And everything changed. My parents' marriage changed. My relationship with my siblings changed. And I figured out who my favorite sibling was, which was my sister. <laughs> but everything just became more beautiful in our lives because my mom chose life. My mom chose not to listen to some doctors and their advice. She chose life and she chose to trust in God despite everything. My brothers and sisters were called to be Catholics who don't have fear. Catholics who are so in love with God and follow him completely and trusting in him, knowing that his rules and his laws and the way that he's designed life is perfect, even if it doesn't fit with my mentality or what I want. God's way is perfect. God's way is the only way that ensures that I can be happy. And so instead of running away from the Lord and turning towards things that aren't going to give me joy, I need to start running towards God in my brokenness, in my weakness, in my suffering, to throw myself at His feet and to be honest and open with Him. Because when I do that, then I become a true Catholic and a true believer of the Lord. Amen.